0: Hello, everybody. This is Dave Windsor on the uh, Shut Up Windsor podcast, and uh, today I'm going to do something a little different. Well, it's not different. I just I don't do uh, myself very often, where it's just me. But today I will. Um, for one, it's it's uh, it's easier. I don't have to set anything up and ask but uh i'm finding hard to find guests who uh, who want to come on here it's fine though like it's not this is not for everybody this is uh this is not the uh the end all be all if you don't want to be on my podcast but most people once they're on it they're like whoa that wasn't that wasn't bad at all and i kind of had a lot of fun we got to do that again I don't ask a lot of hard, uh, hard hitting questions about your life. I don't, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, this this podcast today is um, is a guest, which I just said I can't get a guest, but I can't really get this guest. Um, it's a guest I would love, love, love to have on my podcast, but um, he is no longer around. It's my father, Bill Windsor. Um, in 2012, I lost my father, um, to a small battle of, um, something to do with his, uh, it's either his liver or kidney. I still don't exactly know. It's a thing called Wilson's disease. Anyways, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't very fun. Um, which losing your father is never losing your hero. Um, I kind of thought of my dad as a, as my hero, um, all my life, um, But then that's what it should be. Your father should be your hero. Hopefully. I guess. I don't know. I mean, who listens to this for, uh, you know, heavy information? Oh, shit. Dave Windsor said, you know, my dad should be my hero. There goes my hero. Watch him as he burns. You know, the good thing about this podcast uh, today is that I can just do all the talking and I don't have to worry about anybody. Um... All of us uh, talking over each other Because I'm the worst host ever Because I usually talk, end up talking about myself For 25 minutes And right off the subject to whoever's on here Like I'm such a dick Anyway um, Back to the subject Because even I get off the subject Very easily Which I think is a good thing for talking on these podcasts I don't think Dull air is not something you want um, First off um, I'm just going to get into my dad's story. Since he's not here, I'm just going to tell you what I know and what I've seen um, from my father. Um, my dad was born um, on March 5th. I always want to say 7th because my uh, my stepdaughter is born on the 7th. So I always say, <laughs> I always mix the two up. But uh, March 5th, 1947... Um, my dad was born in Pine Falls, Manitoba um, to uh, to not a lot of fanfare I don't think. I don't know what I was trying to think there. Um, but yeah, he was born in, in 1947 in a little small community in Manitoba called Pine Falls. Um, a very uh, a very cute little town. it was uh, let's get into the town a little bit. Um, that's where I grew up in Pine Falls. Um, my dad built a house right on Main Street, which was uh, good and not good. There's so much traffic driving by. As you didn't notice it after a while, but it was a small community, but there was like a lot of people in the area. Like, not a lot of people in the town, but so many people in small towns all over the place. Plus, there was a, a reservation um, uh, on the other side of it. Very big re- reservation. Um, so there was constantly traffic coming through town. I don't know people, where people were going, but again, I'm like way off the subject. Anyway, Pine Falls. Um, what I know of Pine Falls is that I think it became a community in the 20s. Um, I think it, it might like it might have just been a like a fishing area or whatever before the mill was built. Because um, there's a river right on it where pickerel or, or walleye, whatever you want to call it. Um, were abundant there, so there was a lot of, you know, a lot of fishing. Then they built a paper mill in the 20s. Now, I want to say 1928, but I'm not a historian, so I don't, I just, I want to say 1928. For some reason, that's a, that sounds like a good number. (laughs) I'm not pulling it out of my ass, but it's in the, it's in the late 20s that uh, the paper mill, um, newsprint mill was, was, um, erected, built freaking I can't even god damn it, why can't I god damn it anyway that's a little Bill Burr, I don't know how that'll come out when, I, when I'm done taping this he pulls away from the mic and screams <laughs> I don't know it's stupid, anyway so yeah, in the 20s it was built a paper mill, and so now people were, were coming to Pine Falls to work at said paper mill being Winnipeg wasn't that far away. I'm sure they got a lot of those people and whatever, immigrants or whatever, came to work. And my grandfather, um, Bill Windsor, or um, Harvey Windsor, sorry. Harvey was born in 1909, and he which my dad. Uh, they had my dad late, uh, late in life. Um, I think my grandfather was 38, which, you know, it's not that old, but... You know, by the time my grandfather was, you know, 48, my dad was 10 and didn't want to play ball with my dad ever. My dad said I don't know my grandfather. He died in 1974, so I don't really know him. I never really knew him. Know him, knew him. Yeah, born in 1909. So yeah, he was by the time my dad was 10 and he wanted to play ball with my like my dad wanted him to play catch with him for one he said my grandfather, my dad told me. My grandfather Harvey could throw like through like a girl, he said. Which, you know, that's kind of a we don't use that uh, thing now. Girls throw, throw girls throw better than I do. Most I mean I can throw. I don't look like an idiot, but um yeah, anyway, he he threw yeah, you're very feminine, very like he just picked up a ball and throw it, like his first first time and he didn't know how to throw it. That's how he threw a ball. I don't know how to explain it. Uh it was he wasn't very athletic apparently. So yeah, my dad kind of grew up without a dad who, you know, played, didn't want to play catch, didn't want to throw football around. Whereas I grew up with my dad who loved to do that stuff, loved to throw a football, loved to, you know, cause he was 23 when he had me. So you know, it was a difference in age group, but holy shit. I get off the subject very quickly. Um, yeah. And then there was my Nana Kay Windsor, uh, she was born in 1915 to a kind of a privileged family in Winnipeg. She had a, they had a big house. They, they lived in a nice area of Winnipeg um, called uh, Jubilee. It was a, uh, well right off Jubilee Street, which is used to be kind of a fancy, ritzy place in Winnipeg. Uh, I don't think it's the same, but um, great. They used to close the street down when she was younger to have a party, they had a street party. So they'd shut down Jubilee, which was a, it's a big, busy area. I'm surprised that they did that because then everyone would have to go around. And it's, uh, it'd be quite annoying. I would think if I pulled up the, oh, street party and I got to go to work or something and I got to go through Jubilee and it's, again, I'm, I'm fucking way off the fucking subject here. God damn it. God damn it. Kick your head straight, Windsor anyway um <laughs> they got married in nineteen thirty nine i i, I want to say nineteen thirty nine again i have no i think it's yeah it was the late no early maybe thirty eight because my auntie bev came along in nineteen thirty nine unless they had a shotgun wedding which i doubt they did um, anyway So they were married. They had Auntie Bev. They had Auntie Lorraine in Bissette, which I'd like to talk to my Auntie Lorraine because she's still around and my Auntie Bev. But neither of them seem to want to get on this podcast. So then they, my grandfather, uh, once married, they went up to Canutron Rapids, which is way up north in Manitoba. And they lived there for a little while. I don't a couple years. And then they decided to move to Bissette, which is a gold mine in Manitoba, just north of Pine Falls. And then in, uh, in uh, I think, of 46, they decided once they had those two kids that, hey, let's move to a smaller area where it's nicer. And like nothing wrong with Bissette, beautiful little community, just hard to get anywhere. And being an hour, you know, an, uh, probably an hour by car to Winnipeg at that time because it was all dirt roads. Uh, they decided to move to Pine Falls. OK, let's get back to Pine Falls. Pine Falls was a little community and it, it, was, it was built, I think it was built on specs from a... From an engineer in England I think it was an English design hundred um, percent I don't know that but I, I I think we learned it in school but there's a village green in the middle of the uh, in the town and a village green usually means like in they they had that in, in in England village greens which is just a park just a name a fancy name for a park hello, I'll meet you at the village green, which I guess means in the village, and it's a green space, I fucking don't know, I don't know, but it's a beautiful little town, and and the people who live in Pine Falls used to, back in the day, were kind of the, you know, a little bit more well-off, you know, the, uh, the mill manager had a big house with, like, servants and shit back in the day, I guess, and there was big house, like there was a couple streets of houses where the houses were were a bit bigger and fancier, and I think those were like management houses. And then there was the regular, you know, electricians and uh, and bosses and stuff like that. Because my grandfather was an electrician, millwrights, well, there's guys who made a little bit more money than the regular workers would live in pine poles. Does it cost a bit more? I guess I don't fucking know. Yeah, and beautiful little town, great little school. Um, Yeah, a very picturesque town. Like, if you look at pictures from the 40s and 50s, it was very... Like, my dad has pictures of of Pine Falls then, when he was a little kid. And videos, like, my brother recently um, turned all the old reels of... of, uh, From the... From going back to the 30s. My grandparents um, went to Chicago for their honeymoon they had relatives in Chicago. They went to Chicago and they got video of like the old 8 millimeter video. So my brother turned it into, you know, a disc. DVD, disc, or DVD. Um, I think it's called DVD. God, shit. I, oh, I should have did this when I just woke up. But anyway. Uh... So where was i i was pine falls blah 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 this yeah uh eh, mm, 29 yeah uh, 47 so my dad yeah i was born in 1947 in pine falls manitoba i've talked about my grandparents and how they got to pine falls anyway and how old my grandparents were at the time so they were they were older parents for the time most people back in those days had kids quite early you know especially in that area the farmers and So yeah, my grandfather moved to Pine Falls, had Bill Windsor, had Bill Windsor, uh, and uh, yeah, he was the first boy of the family, because they had two girls, and you know, back then boys, You, you wanted to have a boy, you know, pass on the old name, I mean, I haven't had a boy, so, but I, you know... I remember when I had my girls, I didn't, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, I could have, I wish I had a boy, and now I'd never take a second of it back. I I love having my daughters. um, We have a lot of fun when we get together. Why am I apologizing for this? Um, I think I'm a, Jesus. Anyway, so yeah, my dad was born. uh, He had a great little life is what he sounded like, except that his parents, they fought a lot you know besides that that sounds like the town was great uh, you know he always had money he always you know he, he never lived grew up poor like my mom they had a little less money i mean not that my mom's family were um were poor poor but uh, yeah my grandfather wasn't flush uh i think my grandpa Windsor had a little bit more cash in the in the bank and beautiful little house it wasn't that big like my dad my dad didn't actually have a room i think till he was I guess my dad would have been 13, I think he said. Because my Auntie Lorraine moved out. It was only a a three-bedroom house, so... Or maybe it was two bedrooms. I don't know. I've only been in it once. Uh, My Auntie came down and wanted to see the house. So my dad knew the guy who owned the house. And we went over and looked at the house. And that was the only time I ever was in the old house. But my grandparents were, by that time, not getting along. Um, You know, you didn't divorce. You didn't divorce in those days very often. You didn't hear about it very often. If they did, it was like, wow, they've divorced? They're not together anymore? Yeah, so when when the kids all moved out uh, sometime in the late 60s, they decided to, you know, call her quits and... uh, it was quite but before that they were fighting a lot so my dad had to hear you know the fights and I mean they weren't physical fights just you know you're an asshole you're a dickhead I'm not sure I'm pretty sure that neither of them swore my grandpa probably did but it it got so bad where it was like they didn't want to cook for each other so they had times that one that it was their kitchen so and they had to make sure it was clean because they'd battle each other I guess on if it was clean or dirty or your turn to clean and I'm pretty sure my grandfather was actually doing his own laundry by you know the late 60s that's how much they hated each other they actually had a like chalkboard and dad said it would your time and my time right on it and you know before that my dad had to sleep on the couch there was a hide-a-bed in in the living room and my dad never actually officially had a room till he was 13 which is crazy to me You know, why buy a house that you can't fit everybody in? And then if it's at least three bedrooms, why don't the girls share? And my dad have his own room. That's, to me, it's weird. But the Windsors are not always, like, um, the most unweird. I mean, I'm super cool. Um, Maybe I take a little bit more catelier. But um, (laughs) I'm joking. I'm not super cool at all. I'm really not that cool. Uh, Anyway... So yeah, by the time uh, my dad got uh, into his high his high school years, they were fighting so bad that they decided to send my father to Saskatchewan to go to go uh, to a school there. It was a private school called uh, um, what was it called again? Uh, Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame Wilcox, in Wilcox, Saskatchewan. This little dinky town. There was actually a movie made of this in, back in the '80s about. Um, the principal, which they called the Pierre Pair or something. He was French. Pierre, Pair, And uh, yeah, it, it's a beautiful school right now. Like Notre Dame, Wilcox has, you know, got a beautiful campus. Very much a hockey. Well, it used to be a hockey hotbed. I'm not sure if it is anymore, but a few NHLers came out of this school. But um, my dad played hockey. He wasn't, he wasn't the best hockey player. He was more of a runner. My dad was a cross-country runner. Anyway, so yeah, my dad was a goalie uh, back in the day when the goalies never had helmets, like no face mask. And I can't even imagine it now thinking back. But he's got a great picture of when he was like 13 or 14 with uh, Terry Sawchuk, who was an NHL uh, goalie back then. And it was like the old pictures of the, the, the guy in the long trench coat. and But the funny thing is, you know, you don't see it, but my dad's like, yeah, yeah, it was a great picture, except that my fly's open. And he goes, his... <laughs> but he's got his, like, he looks like he, Terry had just, pad, you know, just signed, you know, my dad, for my dad to get an autograph. And, and Terry Sawcheck looks like, it's like, okay, kid, let's just take this picture. I'm getting the fuck out of here. I got beer to drink. And who to fuck? I don't Who knows what they did back then? In downtown Winnipeg, I don't know how much was going on. Jesus, I'm all over the place. Do you know anything about my dad yet? Not really. Anyway, so where was I? Blah blah blah. Wilcox, Saskatchewan. And that's when just before he went to Wilcox, my dad had met. Or no, one summer he came down because he go every summer they'd come down. This was a bad school, Wilcox. It was and it was old boy new boy system, like English, um, you were the new kid in school. You did everything for the old boys. They made you do shit and made you run around the track, and which my dad didn't mind because he's a runner. Anyway, yeah, he played football too. They had a football team and blah blah blah. He uh, he, uh, he had a great time doing that. He told me he's he says he liked it. There was no fighting amongst uh, his mom and dad, but they, he barely had any money. My grandparents never sent him any money, so. When he did get money, he would buy peanut butter. And I guess all the other kids, I guess, told him that, you know, peanut butter is something that, you know, sticks to your ribs and it's uh, filling. So he'd buy peanut butter and bread whenever he could. That's, you know, jam probably. I I just heard the peanut butter stories. But he lived on peanut butter sandwiches, he told me, for a while because they'd barely feed them at the, the commissary or whatever, like... This is, yeah, these are all just stories that I've heard from my dad. So anyway, he gets out of there. Um, he uh, he starts to work at the paper mill. And he uh, he's uh, dating my mother, Florence Windsor, who I've had on the podcast and has told the story of them meeting, which I didn't know the story, which was kind of nice to have on this podcast for posterity. Jesus, I use that big word like that. I can't even remember my own name most of the time. Anyway, so I'm saying a lot of anyways. I gotta use another word instead of uh, anyways. So how about that? So he uh, he met my mother. Um, he decided to take up a trade. So he lived at his sister Bev's and started working as an electrician. He decided to get out of the paper mill. Um, so then he uh, he. Decided to marry my mother in 1968. She moved to Winnipeg. Uh, They lived at a little place uh, in Saint Boniface, which Saint Boniface is a kind of a a borough of Winnipeg. And it wasn't at that time. It wasn't until 19 late 1971 that Saint Boniface became part of Winnipeg. From the stories I get, again, not a historian. So on my birthday, it says born in St. Boniface, which I think most kids that were born in St. Boniface now were born in Winnipeg. But St. Boniface was a little French community. Great, great uh, chili and fries. Uh, This great French hamburger joint in in St. Boniface called the Dairy Whip. Uh, Great. Oh, man, if you're ever in Winnipeg, um, look it up on your GPS it is worth the drive. Oh my God. Greatest burgers ever. Homemade burgers, homemade fries. And they made this chili. It's Greek chili. It's owned by, a Greek, by Greeks. Which, last time I was there, I should have got a picture with the mic. I've been going to this place since the early 70s. I uh, love it. Dairy whip, dairy whip. Spelt with an I, not a Y. <clears throat> um, anyway, fuck, I'm off the subject again. So yeah, my parents lived in, and I think that's where my mom started going to the Dairy Whip was when you know uh, I was, you know, conceived in that time. So they lived there for a year, and they decided to have a baby, and uh, or I don't know if they decided. I I wasn't there. I wasn't like in the conversation. Hey, have me. Which looking back, my dad probably said, mm, maybe we'll wait. <laughs> You know, maybe we won't, uh, we'll wait a little while so we don't want that kid. So in 1970, I was born and uh, of course, Joyous, uh, uh, you know, Winnipeg was on fire, you know. So yeah, my dad decided, uh, yeah, I think he, he had started his apprenticeship and by 1974, he was finished it. But uh, in the meantime, he decided, I think in 1972, to move back to Pine Falls. Uh, they had apprenticeships right in the mill, And I think he finished his apprenticeship off there. I want to say, he was in the union, in the Winnipeg uh, Electrical Union, uh, all his life, till he retired. He'd pay his union due, dues, because it was worth having and keeping your name... Um, the spot you wanted just in case the paper mill broke uh, went down he'd had his union card um and back then he says like back in the late you know late 60s early 70s he says you could walk off a job if you hated your boss and like literally walk to the next job site and start there they were hiring everywhere for every position for everything So it took him a few years. I think 74 or 75 he had, I had the ticket, his, you know, his actual ticket he got in the mail when he passed this thing. And I don't know why I got rid of it. I wish I'd have kept it. Or I was surprised my brother didn't want it. I think it said 74 or 75. Jesus, I can't remember. I was drunk when I picked it up because we went in the shop after my dad had passed away and we were talking about what we all wanted. And yeah, I saw it had of my hand, actually, and it's so dusty because <laughs> it's in a shop, which my dad loved to be. But we'll get there. We'll, we'll finally get there. How long are we in here? I can't. I know, uh, Twenty-five minutes in, I barely even got into it. So yeah, we were, we we lived in a. We lived in first we lived in Saint George within this little tiny house that my dad bought, and then uh, sold it to my auntie uh, Lucy. And Uncle Raymond, and moved to Parview. We didn't live in Saint George Long. Uh, we moved to Parview, which was a town next to Pine Falls, into this beautiful little house, which my mom says they wish they would have just kept, because they would have long paid it off, um, you know, into the mid '80s, and yeah, just lived. But my dad kept wanting different things. My dad was, my dad was very like, um, oh, let's see, uh. Adventurous. He wanted something new. He, yeah, he's new and fresh. I don't know if it's adventurous. Is what the fuck I want to say. Oh, so I wrote notes. I, I got to get into note writing because I think this is just a babble. It's a babble fest. So yeah, then they moved to Parview in 1970. I want to say 74. Yeah, 74. And then my grandfather Harvey died. He well, they got a call from. My grandfather Harvey Harvey was living in Canutran Lake, Lake Lake Cowichan, which is on the island. And I love BC. My grandfather loved BC. So my parents decided to go visit uh, my grandfather before he passed away. He had cancer and they gave him two weeks or something. Died within the week, I think. Uh, They got there and my grandfather gave my dad a car and... $25,000. $25,000. The car was a Mustang, but it was one of those little Mustang 2s. I don't think it was very nice. It wasn't like a really... Or maybe it was. I, I got one. We got one picture of us standing in front of him. I think it's a Mustang 2, which is not the bigger Mustang, but I could be wrong. So we gave him the car and uh, $25,000, which in 19... That was a lot of money. So... They said their goodbyes to my grandfather and then they found out that he had passed away when they were in Calgary, I think. My my dad had called Manny Bev and she's like, yeah, he's gone. So sad for my dad. He'd lost his dad real early. He was 27. He was 27. I'd hate to lose my dad at 27. I lost my dad when I was 42 and I still thought, man, I need more years with this asshole. Yeah, Moose. My Nick Wayne was moose from him for him, from him. Anyway, so yeah, I found out. So we, we got back to Pine Falls and my dad had this $25,000. So he decided to build a brand new house in Pine Falls, right on the main drag Pine Street, right through town. So yeah, we, we lived in a, he sold the house because he needed that extra money, too, to build this house. And we lived in a duplex, which they had used to. Pine Falls used to have all these old duplexes, which I think there's one left. There used to be like, I don't know, 10 or 15 of these duplexes that, you know, they had workers working in Pine Falls who would stay there till they bought a house or whatever. Um, I don't think they are for sale. I think the mill owned them. Like, the mill was owned this town. They built the town the mill actually physically built the town, which is, you know, you don't see that anymore. This was old days. Um, so we moved to Pine Falls in the brand new house. Um, and I grew up till I was, you know, was 16 there. But my dad, again, I'm talking about myself. This is about my dad. Uh, we, he, my dad decided in the late 70s, probably 77 or 76 to start playing hockey, which was, he had uh, kind of not played hockey since he was young, and he was a goalie. But he decided to take it back up. Uh, he played on the local senior team, Pine Falls Paper Kings, um, which I thought was cool. He used to go to all the games. and We'd mostly play can, tin can hockey with whatever we could find and watch a little of the game. If there was a fight, we'd definitely all run to the glass and say, oh, there's a fight. I was a rink rat when I was a kid. I played hockey too. But again, I'm talking about myself. Jesus fucking oh. Yeah, but, but hockey became, you know, my dad's... But that was my dad. He, hockey became end-all, be-all of it. And we, they had some great parties in the 70s at our house and early 80s. <laughs> they won the cup one year, so my dad decided that whenever they won the cup and wherever they won it, I can't remember, but they decided to have a party at the house, like, last minute. My mom was not really impressed. We had a big house, like, it was, like, uh, I think it was 3,000 square feet, and that's just the one floor. So it was a big house. We could have parties there, lots of, oh, my God. I just remember walking around, and it was so busy in there, right from our, we had a living room and, like, a sitting room, and even the sitting room was, like, full of people. Um. Yeah, music thumping, shit, pop. You know everything. Sitting, I just wanted a pop. Everyone's like, no, no, you can't. (laughs) You have a pop, moose. Yeah. So, anyway, I I wanted to get into my dad's nickname too. I I meant to talk about that. He started when he started working at the mill. He worked in electrical department with his father because my grandfather was a electrician as well, and they and they worked together and. My dad had a different work ethic. To my, my grandfather was very methodical, um, put a lot of thought into things. Not saying that my dad did. He, my dad did as he, as he got older, but when he was young, he was uh, he flew. He was, and they, he used to run around, and I don't know how it came up, I guess because of the Windsor name, but they called him Whipper. And uh, I got a tattoo of... My dad used to make knives, and they were Whipper knives. And he's got a little... It's a little emblem with like a the w turns into a um a whip you know kind of wrapped around the wind uh, whipper anyway so yeah that was my dad's nickname whipper so i never ever heard anybody call him bill um it was always whipper and then i was whipper jr um lots uh, whipper whipper jr whatever um growing up and i loved it because if anything to do with my dad it was like oh my god again talking about myself not my dad uh he so yeah he i'm all over the fucking place too he yeah so whipper who like everybody called him that like everybody um fuck where the fuck was a house building hockey yeah my dad when he took on something he took it on big so he was really involved in the, in the Paper Kings, and then we had parties at our house. like the parties were the greatest, like just watching people. You know we, I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be a guy and a girl on the couch with a blanket and uh, you know like, Jesus, what's going on here?" I loved it. I used to have a big smile on my face. my brother would be annoyed that he's you know it's so dirty in here or whatever. and but the only thing good is that me and my brother would run downstairs in the morning to see if they had any chips left or pop. You know, any goodies, which in for some reason back then um, chips would go stale very quickly. And I don't know if it's because it was natural, like maybe chips were more natural then. Like it was you know, the additives they add to things now can make things last a little longer. But then it was like by the morning, the chip was already like wet, soggy. Ugh. Who knows what hands were in these chips too? And we're eating chips like an idiot's. But yeah, no those were the good days uh my mom and dad partying, but my mom wasn't much the partier. my dad was a very big socialite, like my dad liked to he liked to socially have fun, he was much a drinker, he liked to drink uh, I wouldn't say an alcoholic didn't drink every day, but when it was you know hockey time, he'd drink during you know after hockey um yeah, drinking's a big part of the. Uh, me and my dad and uh, my brother was when he was younger he's not much of a drinker anymore he's uh they like him and his wife love wine and stuff like that. I'm not a I'm not a wine lover but he doesn't drink very often which is good I wish I could be more like my brother that way I, um wish I could not drink as much and all. um but I have a lot of friends who drink uh, who just end up drinking and that's just what happens so Uh, Anyway, yeah, so we went through this, uh, you know, Paper King phase where it was like uh, a lot of parties. And we, in 1975, another thing that my dad did that was cool, we, he was not a camper. Like he didn't like having campers and going to campsites. And my dad really didn't care for that. So he knew a friend in this place called Stead Manitoba, instead of, my dad would always say, instead of Manitoba. Uh, instead, Manitoba, uh, Kenny Lazowski, who worked at the mill. It's a little town about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes from Pine Falls. Um, which back then, everyone's like, holy, you drive that every day? And it was only 25 minutes. Like, who gives a shit now when you think about it? But he owned a uh, grocery store, which was his father's at one time. And then his father passed away, and he took it over. At a gas pump. Um, great little store. It had a little liquor store on it, like, you know, a little, uh, vendor. Uh, so my, when we, when we go to Winnipeg and it was just me, Steve and, uh, and, and dad, he would always stop there, uh, talk to Kenny for a little while. Uh, we could get a chips and a drink and my dad would get a six pack of beer for the ride, which, you know, that's when my dad would say, yeah, that was when drinking and driving was legal. So he'd have a six-pack for the ride to, like, you know, not squashed or anything, but he'd have, he'd have two or three on the ride to Winnipeg. Uh, well, we got into this before. My dad had used to have a few pops on the on the on the ride. Um, what were we talking about now? Where were we? I'm all over the friggin' board. Uh, yeah. So, jeez. I actually can't remember where the fuck I was. My dad, yeah, he got into the Paper Kings and, oh no, uh, camping. So in like 75 or 76, he decided to rent a cabin in Gull Lake. And this cabin was uh, a lot of memories in this cabin. We used to stay there. We started off staying there for like a couple of weeks, I think, when I was little. And it just kept getting longer and longer till it was like, I think, from, you know, July 1st. Because we'd always be there for Canada Day for fireworks. July 1st, right through to, uh, because Kenny Lozowski's kids were already uh, out the door. You know, they were much older than me and my brother. And so they didn't, the kids didn't come to the cabin very often. So they just decided to rent it to my parents. And what a great, we had great neighbors on either side. Uh, It was very summer-like, you know, you get there in the summer and, you just, it was adventure. It was great. It was a great place to swim. My my dad had a boat for we could ski. Because we skied. We'd wake my dad up in the morning. Dad, dad, it's perfect skiing weather. The, the water's like glass. You know, and that was the, that was the key. It's like, oh my God. Me and my brother would wake up and to see. So my dad might have been drinking with friends that night. And we'd wake my dad up and he'd go, all right, all right. My dad was so good that way. He when my dad uh, was stressed out at home, it wasn't always the greatest. But when we were on holidays, my dad was so great. Um, he embraced all holidays. And very, uh, wa- um, uh, what's the guy off of uh, National Lampoon's vacation? Very, very much like the guy off that, um, like Chevy Chase. Um, so happy when he's on holidays. It just, just so relaxed and, I, and I'm the same way when I'm on holidays. Let's just have fun. So we used to get him up and but this place was so nice and my dad did also did a lot of improvements to it uh, while he was there. He built He built a deck. Um, they had an outhouse for years and then in like 1986 or something my dad built a outhouse um, or a, like a, a little shed just outside the door where they had a an actual bathroom but for years it was (laughs) we'd walk up the hill to this outhouse and I just couldn't like I I'd stand outside the door it's like fuck this is gonna stink at least and I don't know when he ever got it like sucked like the shit sucked out of it but it wasn't very often because you'd walk in and like full of mosquitoes and bugs and So uh, being a little kid, you know, six, seven years old, having to go, you know, poop at this place, it's like, holy shit, disgusting. So yeah, sometime in the 80s, my dad built um, an outside, you know, an outside uh, bathroom, but it was, you know, still a bathroom, but it was like one of those um, bathrooms you'd have in a, eh. it was still a septic system, but it was easy to get at it, I guess. And it didn't smell, it didn't smell when you go in. But uh yeah, it was like one of those ones you'd have in a camper, you know, with the water and you press it. And it was, I don't know, what the, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So yeah, we stayed at this cabin and it was so great. And so these are the things my dad did that was like so great. And I, I never grew up camping like most people camp, and I still don't. I mean, I like it, but it's not the greatest. I I like going to the to the. I would love to rent a cabin or own a cabin. But this Gull Lake was so great. Like, it's such a great uh, lake. So busy in the summertime. We'd go down to the local place. I had a, like a, a little hamburger french fry joint. Um, nothing special. But we'd go down there to play uh, pin, pinball and, you know, arcade games. And go check out girls, you know. Girls were all over me constantly. I'm like, oh, Jesus. All my life. JK, uh, no women ever chase me ever. Um, so, yeah, so we did this for years, and these are the these are the kind of things that my dad really loved to do, and he loved the cabin. He and and, and another thing, it was like, it was about thirty minute drive uh, from work, so he would basically. My mom didn't work; my mom was a you know stay at home mom, which was a lot of a lot of moms were then in the seventies, and he would go back and forth to work. Yeah, he'd go back and forth to work and, uh, you know, and then he'd have his, you know, week off or two weeks off in the summer. Then he'd really have fun. But, yeah, my dad, me and my mom and my brother would just hang out at the cabin all day while he was off at work. Um, sometimes he'd, st- like, if he had a long day and worked a little overtime, he'd just stay at the house. But um, So, yeah, that's the 70s. Uh, my dad, they also went, my dad played on a baseball team. Uh, called the Colonels in Winnipeg, which they're actually in the Manitoba Hall of Fame. And uh, they went to Arizona one time and for a spring training for like two weeks, and they had such a great time. And my mom had, or my dad had taken this picture because there was a Playboy Club in um, in Phoenix, Arizona. There was a Playboy Club, and my dad, they all went to the Playboy Club to eat uh, one night. And all the girls are dressed like Playboy bunnies. They're, they got the bunny suit, the ears, and cleavage hanging out. So you weren't allowed to take a picture in the Playboy club, but someone had snapped a picture of my dad um, next to the Playboy bunny, one of the Playboy bunnies. And it was such a great picture. Um, and I, uh, I took a picture of it with my phone when my dad passed away. And... Uh, I should have just put the picture in my pocket because my mom apparently hated that picture. And she one of her nights where she was crying and when my, pa- my dad passed away, she threw the picture away. And I wish I could have kept it because I wanted to frame it. I just thought it was such a great 70s picture. He had the big collar, um, you know, the big, uh, what do they call that, huge collar that they had in the 70s. It's on the tip of my tongue. but It was a huge collar and, a, you know, like a checkered sh- shirt or something. And my dad just having a great old time. And there was this girl with, you know, big tits standing next to him. Uh, like, looked like, almost annoyed. Like, that we were taking a picture. But, yeah, somewhat happy. But it's just such a great classic 70s picture. And it would look so good all blown up. And back then, if you took a picture, they had red eyes. If you had blue. If you had blue or colored eyes, your eyes would be red on the camera. Or on the picture. So I would just have to fix those eye pictures. But... such a great picture all blown up on my wall like you know twice the three times the size picture or whatever on my wall it was such a great classic picture of my dad but of course I deleted the uh, the picture by accident off my phone and so now I'm trying to figure out how to get the picture back and who knows if I'll ever see that picture again probably not Anyway, I don't know why I have a fixation of that picture, but that just reminds me of my dad in the 70s. like young and, I don't know, just looked like he was having fun always. So, yeah, we, we're we going to slip into the 80s. My dad um, now playing old-timers hockey. You know, mid-80s, he's playing old-timers hockey and having a great time. They, those old-timers had so much money in their bank that they could... They actually went in 19, I want to say 89 or maybe 90. They went to Florida to play a hockey tournament down there. And they had so much money in the bank, I think that they they actually paid for the flights. The team actually paid for the flights to go down to Florida to play. But they'd play all over. But their main tournament was in Saskatoon, and they'd get on the bus uh, sometimes like 6 in the morning. From uh, They'd all meet at Clark's Corner, which is a uh, gas station in Pine Falls, and my, we dropped my dad off and off, and he looked like he couldn't wait to get on that bus. And I remember thinking, like, when I get old enough, I could, can't wait to do this. And, and uh, I think they still, up till a couple of years ago, I like, think they still did it. They actually went to Saskatoon and played this old timers tournament there, but it was basically a party bus. Dad said they had so much beer, flats of beer, and it was unreal, and they usually had to stop in, like, Yorkton to get more beer. Like, that's... (laughs) So, yeah, I've heard some stories about these trips, and I'd I'd hoped to go on one. Like, I was hoping to meet Dad in Saskatoon um, to go watch him play in this and have a good time with him. But it never happened, which, like a lot of things never happened so yeah once he joined this old timers team he loved the old timers and it was all about the old timers uh, hockey club and yeah my dad just the 80s were a really good time for him they made he made a lot of money he uh he actually quit the paper mill for a while and he was working uh, for his own contractor working on the dam and making a ton a ton of money which he wished he would have saved more but my dad did my dad did well But we went to Disneyland a few times, and so that was those were costly things. That, but fun things. Oh my God! I told you about the Disneyland trip, so we won't go into it. So anyway, yeah, you know, going into the '90s, my mom and dad were doing quite well. Me and Steve were like by 1990. Me and Steve were pretty much out the door. I was still living there, but my my brother in the summer of 1990 moved to Calgary or it never did move back home, and I, I lived there for another year because I was working at the paper mill, and I, you know, it was cheaper to live with my parents, of course. And then me and um, me and my ex-wife married, and moved out in 1991. So by 1991, my parents had an empty nest, and they were still young. Like my mom was 41, and my dad was like 44. I think 44, yeah, 44. And we're out the door, and I remember my dad saying, "Oh my God, this empty nest is so great." Not that it mattered because we were both, uh, me and my brother were both, you know, back then too, like they let you stay home when you were little and you, you could go do anything. They didn't give a shit as long as you were still alive. You still got all your digits, you know, when you came back from somewhere. So yeah, by then my parents got into a phase because they were on their own. Uh, country dancing was really big. So they were huge into country dancing. Like they, they actually t- taught it for a while. They go to Lactabani, which is the town, the biggest town, you know, uh, probably 25 minutes away. And they'd teach it at this bar in in uh, Lactabani. And people loved it. And I'd see people on the street and they go, oh, your mom and dad are so cool. I, lo- I go to their dancing thing every, you know, what I think it was Thursday nights. And so, by this time too, like, my dad was planning for his retirement. So he was already... You know, putting socking the cash away, as he'd say. The cash moose. Socking that cash away. So I in nineteen ninety-three I moved to BC. So now my parents had nobody near them, because my brother lived in Whitecourt. Well, Fox Creek for a while, then Whitecourt. And then I was living in Mackenzie. So my parents are basically you know, we didn't ask him for much. I think I asked him for $500 when I bought my house for lawyer fees because I didn't have that. I had the down payment from my father-in-law, and, I, and then I had... You know, I never really did any savings. Now, when you think about it, I should have saved for a house on my own. I didn't have to say that. Those things, like, I had to borrow this, and I had to do that. Anyway, so... We my dad yeah my mom and dad did this country dancing for, for probably probably 6 or 7 years and my dad actually was in competition with uh not my mom my mom didn't want to go in the competition but there was another girl in town who did country dancing and she was very good and big scandal around town they thought my dad and this girl was having an affair which 100% they weren't cuz i know the i know the girl and the guy she's with and they were very much in love but you know this was early 90s scandals you know there was no uh <laughs> internet there was no yeah people would talk hey hey whipper what are you doing with that girl man and she was like a hot little number but anyway so my dad did this competition for a while and of course we fished my dad was a fisher a hunter we used to go shooting uh geese and ducks um Uh, duck hunts, and I just, my dad just did all kinds of things with us, he was, he was the coach for our hockey teams, me and my brother's hockey teams, when my brother played, because my brother was kind of on and off, he didn't, he liked it, but didn't like it, my brother was, and my brother was a damn good, like a damn good skater, I wouldn't say the greatest hockey player, but what a skater, like man, he could skate, wish I had the edges that my brother had. But yeah, anyway. I'm going to call my brother down. He's probably going to, want to listen to this and go, "You fucking asshole. I hate you." You're out of the will. Anyway, so yeah, my dad was great that way. He coached uh he uh, coached baseball too in the summertime, which I was awful at. Um Yeah, cuz I had no I was lost in the clouds. I can't fuck Jesus Christ. I got to stop talking about myself. Uh, And my mom's going to get pissed off when she listens to this because I just said, you know, the Lord's name in vain. But I'll have to take that on. Uh, So, yeah, where was I now? Yeah, just telling you about my father. This is basically a podcast about my father because he's not around and I'd love to interview him, but I can't, so just kind of telling you all the things and you know my dad was was great for and I mean I'm not saying my dad was a fucking the greatest guy ever he was uh he was kind of cranky towards us my dad was not always the my dad was like a party guy not a party guy but a a guy who made people feel great a uh, big joker uh when people are around my dad liked to uh, hold court he he liked attention. My dad liked attention, which I've been told many times that I like the same things. Uh, I like to be, you know. My dad tells a few jokes, and I wish I could put them on here, but uh, race. But the problem is they're a little too uh, risque, you know. I don't want to see my dad seem like a racist, uh, but a lot of you know jokes. But back then, there was a lot of racist jokes, and I'm not condoning it that's these are the videos i have of my dad telling racist jokes. <laughs> um like why am i laughing sorry everybody uh, you know it's not a laughing matter it's not a laughing matter so yeah i'm just trying to tell you about my dad and how great he was and i mean we could go on i could go on into the 2000s and he got into cars my dad was a loved cars so he got into hot rods and Mostly like 30s and 40s uh, cars. Uh, he, had a sh- he built a shop when they moved to St. George in 1986. They, he had a big piece of land. So he, there, was a, there was already a garage there, but he built a big addition to the garage um, where he could put his in a heated floor. He had a heated floor in this garage with like one of those bars so you can lift the engines up, up top of the roof. And so it was basically a hot rod shop, which my dad hanged around in his shop. That was another thing about my daddy, which a lot of guys do. To get away from the house, he basically built a house, a, a shop for like a second. And he had like TV in there and radio. And In the summertime, you you would not go in there without him listening to a, you know, a baseball game, and you know, Blue Jay game going on on CGOB or a hockey game in the winter, you know, on his, on his... CGOB also did the hockey game, so he'd listen to the jet games. Anyway. Yeah, so he went through this hot Rods phase. Uh, and he had, in 1986, he broke his... No, not 86. 1984, he went to that to Regina for an old-timers hockey game. And he got into a, a really bad uh, accident on the ice and broke his leg in like eight po- eight spots, like... So they brought him to the hospital. They said, oh my God, we'll put this together, but we can't see you, you might not even walk, but you'll definitely need a cane. But my dad, so a year went in, my dad actually had to re-break his leg like twice because the leg was broken in so many places that it was, um, it wasn't healing right. So my dad went a whole year without going to work, which killed him and killed us. (laughs) <laughs> me and my brother would be walking home from school and be like, oh, I wonder what kind of mood Dad's in today. You know, like He fucking hated it. And, you know, back then, there was no nothing on TV. Uh, my dad was not a reader. So he got into this thing, knife-making, in which I don't know how he got into it or who he met, but he started making knives. And he... By the end, he was making some very good knives. Like really, I got one. Um, My brother's got one. My daughter has a set that he built for me and my ex-wife for our wedding. I gave it to her because I don't really need it, and I just thought it was a nice thing he had. She had a grandfather, so her grandfather. Um, So he got into this knife making, and (laughs) so he started building knives when he was. He'd hobble out to the garage. And he you could sit down and grind these these knives down, so he was having a great old time when he was off. so yeah, by the you know, by the '90s, he was building these little uh, little knives that for gutting gutting um, animals. and those things would sell out like before he'd even finish them. He'd tell people, "Oh yeah, I'm building these." He'd build like a hundred, and for a hundred and twenty five dollars a pop. He'd sell these knives. And I just remember people coming, like, and for days to come grab these knives because he'd finished them all with, and they all had little cases. And I wish I could find somebody who has one that would like to. I'd like to buy off them, but I have my own knife. I really don't. I mean, what the fuck would I would do with it? Oh, look at it. Oh, hi. Like, I need another trinket for Christ. For fuck's sake! Sorry, I was gonna say. Anyway, I'm gonna say for fuck's sake because better my mom won't get as mad when he she listens to even if she does listen to this anyway so by the time uh, 2001 came along my dad had saved enough money um they also sold the mill uh like five years earlier to the employees because they didn't have a so all the employees took a wage cut and they all put pooled their money together with a big with a you know semi big buyer and bought the mill so they had all these shares And my dad, people would come up to my dad's like, hey, Whipper, you want to buy my shares? I don't really want them. I want a quad. So my dad would give him five grand, buy these shares. Slowly but surely, he'd be buying all these shares up. And then by 2000, I think it was 2000, they decided to sell the mill. And the the piece that bought it was buying their shares. And the originally, the shares were worth like, I don't know, $6 when my dad bought them from all these people. Uh, Then he, uh, they they were sold at $23. Like you could sell your shares to this company. Well, he wanted to buy all the shares back. So everyone agreed to sell their shares for $23 or something like that. So my dad here had like $150,000 or something. All of a sudden, to add to the money he would already saved. So in 2001, he decided, screw it. The mill bridged him for his, like, he had six months. He would have had to work six months, but the company just said, oh, get out of here. We need younger people in here. My dad was only 54, but, which is amazing, because that's only, like, three years away from me being 54, and there's no fucking way, unless I win a lottery, I'll be able to retire. But He just my dad <clears throat> my dad was very lucky with money he, a, you know, he, always had, he always knew how to make it and he always knew where to get it and, or it, it fell into his lap so people were very mad in town because all these people who could have kept their shares got rid of them and they could have been making like three times the money so my dad was a dickhead for that too and you know, I heard that from people your dad's such a dickhead because he bought your shares why is he a dickhead because he bought your shares you wanted to sell them he wasn't even asking people he, They would come up to him Because my dad had a little bit of money And he could buy the shares And they, and my dad originally bought somebody's shares Some, He went to the Legion one night I guess And one of the guys told him Hey Whipper, they, I wish I could sell my shares I don't really want them And my dad's like, I'll buy them from you So they made a deal and they, he bought them So then that guy told somebody else And then someone came up to my dad he's like, "Gary, you're buying shares and my dad's like, sure And I remember my mom being kind of mad about this Buying shares but it worked out. You know, my mom's still living on that money today. So somewhat of it, I think. I don't know. Hopefully my mom's doing good. She'll never tell me. Um, so yeah, and then they moved. Then they had another separate part of their life. In 2001 or 2002, after Christmas or after New Year, they decided to drive to Texas and check out Texas because a whole bunch of friends were living down there that... so they moved to they drove down to texas a bunch of their friends were down there so they they they're in texas and uh for the next 10 years they lived um down in texas a place called oh my god it's near donna i just remember donna for some reason donna texas which is like the town over but down in the northern uh, part of texas and they were like 10 minutes from the mexican border so they could go down there and my dad had a, his little joints that he liked to hang out. Um, he had this place, this bar where beers were a dollar seventy-five, <laughs> and you could bring whiskey into this bar and drink with the whiskey. They would sell you uh, soda, so you, uh, which wasn't that cheap, but about the same as a probably a beer was. But they'd sell you the the coke, and you could drink your whiskey. In, in there, so sometimes he'd do that, but most of the time it was just a beer or two. But they all him and his friends would go down there and they'd hang out at this this bar. And again, I can't remember that bar, but in Texas, in Texas he or in in Mexico he had this place called uh, Rosie the Rose Garden, Rosies he'd call it, and him and his buddies would always go hang out there. And I'm sure it was one of those passed down things where. You know, 20 years ago, people would go to Rosie's and then they just hand it off to the next man. Canadian, and they're a Canadian. Oh, hey, got to go to Rosie's. So eventually everyone went to the Ro- Rosie's and it was a, <clears throat> I think it was a dollar a beer, but you had to order two. Couldn't just order one beer. Just a great place. And they, my dad would always tip them, tip the guys well that were serving beers. But anyway, so yeah, they loved, they loved Texas and they lived down there. For about 10, uh, 8, no, 11 years. Yeah, 11 years. The last time they went was 2011. They went there for one month. Uh, My dad had, uh, my dad caught pneumonia and he wasn't doing well at all. And they didn't have the insurance to, for him to go to the hospital. So they literally got in the car, which I wish they would have just flew. My mom could have flew back and got the car, but it's one of their relatives, but... They drove and my dad My dad couldn't do much driving and he normally did all the driving and my mom had to do the driving. So it was, yeah, so my mom, mom and dad got home and my dad got in the hospital for quite a while. And so my mom finally called me. Well, first of all, I knew my dad wasn't doing well because my mom had told me early in 2011 my dad wasn't doing incredible. So we... He called me up one day and he's like, hey, you want to go on a g- golf trip with us? And I said, sure, you know. So we went on this golf trip and I know my dad wasn't doing well because he was sleeping all afternoon. So we started off in Pine Falls and we got, we went down to the, to North Dakota. But we'd golf in the morning and then we'd have lunch or something and then my dad would go nap for like four hours. So me and my brother were like, "Fuck, <laughs> And we'll go out and hang out at a bar or something. But I remember me and my brother talking about how, I don't know, how my dad's, how he's doing. And I, I said, I think I'll, I, I had a positive outlook anyway. I'm like, oh, he'll do fine. He'll be all right. I think Steve was like, yeah. I don't know, it's just different. I'm like, yeah, he definitely did. Something's different because my dad was very, he loved to do things. Like he, he didn't like to sit still. So this was a weird thing. So in February of 2012 my mom calls me up and says, "Hey, you should come down here and visit dad. He's not he's not doing well." I'm like, "Oh." Okay, yeah, I'll get a ticket and I'll go down there. So I flew down there and I walked in and my dad looked like his he was so skinny. Um you could almost see the ridges of his nose, his skull and it was very like, wow, what the heck, just, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. I, it was like, and it just hit me, like, my dad's not doing well here. Like, I would never really, my dad didn't take a picture and send it to me because there was no, you know, fan like, and the phones were great, the, the, the pictures weren't great anyway, and my dad never knew how to use a phone that much. He literally took a drive, like, I want to say in, like, 2008- uh, he came down for my, for, I can't remember was it. No, no, my daughter's grad in 2011. He came down. No, this wasn't, no, this was 2008. He, 2008 flip phones were still big. He comes down and he's like, Moose my phone is just, there's just like this red light flashing on my phone. am like, well, dad, you got messages. And we flip open the messages and there's like 38 messages from his one buddy who <laughs> wanted him to pick him something up and couldn't get, get a hold of him and text messages and he did not know about text messages he just knew about opening the phone pressing the numbers on it to call somebody and that's it he didn't so once i showed him that it's like oh look at these texts this is weird and i'm like yeah it's it's not that fun to text because back then it was like to to, to, the the first number was this abc so if you wanted to spell cat let's say you had to press the one three times to get to the c and so on and so forth through the you know and most people knows about t9 I, I don't know i'm not anyway so uh where oh, i hate this phone i hate this phone so we're in uh i i go down to visit and i i mean i have a decent visit but my dad sleeps all the time we then I came down. Yeah, then I went home and I went to Disneyland, which my wife at the, or my girlfriend said that she wasn't very happy about me going to Manitoba because we were saving for Disneyland. I'm glad now that I went down. Went to Disneyland. I called my dad and he's like, oh yeah, you went to, I was Disneyland. I said, oh, it was good, good, it was great. And so my mom said again, he's like, you should come down and see your dad. And I'm like, yeah, I was planning on it, which, we went to Disneyland in February, and then in March I went down to visit my dad. So, again, another plane trip. I spent a few bucks, but, you know, well-earned bucks. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not complaining about spending those bucks, but I don't always have a ton of money. I'm not a rich man. but So I jumped on a plane, which the, the plane trips were pretty cheap, and I went down to visit my dad again. And very much better, but he was in the hospital. But looked so good, and... I'm so glad I went down to visit him for a few days. We sat around and just bullshitted. I went to my auntie's one night, and I basically didn't see my dad most of the day, and I kicked myself for going to my auntie's. I wish I'd have just sat there with my dad for for five days and and never left the hospital and just uh, sat on and slept on the chair. They had like a folding chair, and I wish I'd have just slept in that and hung around with my dad. But anyway, he was in such a good mood, and, and and I was leaving, and he got up out of his bed and came over to me and hugged me, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why are you hugging me? Because my dad did not do that. I'm just going to explain to you, my dad did not show phys- physical affection or verbal affection unless he had a few to drink. You know, oh, Moose, I love you. You know, that's the most I'd get. But if he was... He didn't say that very often or at all i don't think my dad sober ever told me that he loved me and, and i'm fine with it because i but i tell my girls that every time i get off the phone and they they wonder they probably wonder why is dad telling me he loves me every fucking time he? well I, I just never got any of that so i always tell them i love them even if we're just talking for a second i say oh, i love you kid and I'm, I'm sure they go, oh, fuck. Okay, I love you too, Dad. Jeez, why are we always saying this? I just want to know, like, just in case I die of I a heart attack, they want to know that I love them. So I just don't want to leave a phone call that. Anyway, I'm going on and on. So April rolls around, which is the next month. And uh, it's my birthday. And my dad phones me and he's like, hey, Moose, happy birthday. 42, eh? I'm like, yeah, fuck. I'm getting old, Pop. And I'm at the. I'm. I was working at a mine in Tumblr Ridge, B.C. And I woke up off nights and he had, he was phoning me. So we talked for like a minute and literally he's like, oh man, Moose, I got to go to sleep. I'm so tired. So like three days later, my mom phones me and crying and my dad had gone to the bathroom and, and couldn't make, he f- walked about three steps Sat down on the chair that was near the bathroom, and then passed out. I could not wake him up. Could not get him up. They had to bring nurses in and, and actually lift him up and put him on the bed. Um. Yeah, I didn't know it was getting bad that bad so fast. Because when I left, he was such in he was in good spirits. Skin color was back. Good mood. Just he was my dad, and I'm so glad I went down and seen him because literally after that like three days later I I had went down uh flew down uh that day uh it would be the 19th not that that day but you know like 19th was the day and my auntie Beth picked me up and she was all worried about you know hey where do you want to eat and I'm like let's just get to the hospital like I want to see my dad I said just get some drive through and let's go she wanted to pick the right McDonald's. She's like, oh, let's go to the McDonald's on Naren." I'm like, we're on the other side of Winnipeg. We're not going to Naren. It's on the other side. I just, it doesn't matter what McDonald's. I'll pick up a, I don't even need a food. I'm, I literally want to go see my dad. So we we quickly went through a drive through in Selkirk um, on the way there, and we bullshitted about, you know, family, and I wanted to know more. For some reason, she doesn't like to tell a lot of stories of my family. I don't know why. It's, Mandy Bev is very guarded very guarded woman, and, uh, you know, that's how she is, so we, we get to Pine Falls, and we get in there, and my dad is still sleeping, he's just sleeping, which, basically, that's all he did, uh, he woke up once to tell my, my, he's like, uh, Emily, can you go down and get me Chinese food, so my, <laughs> I gave my daughter a couple bucks, and she went down to the local Chinese place, and got my dad a, you know, whatever my mom had give her the what she what he liked he said sat up and ate it like you know like, ugh, like a zombie <laughs> ate about half of it asked me this is my my dad's last words to me how's team canada doing and it was the um world under 18 uh hockey championships and I think we lost to the States again, like as usual. They have such a good programs down there, but they lost to America and I didn't want to tell him. I said, oh, you're doing good, pop. You know, they're doing good. And he passed out again. And that was the last, last thing he said to me. Um, Basically for the next 12 hours, we, it was on and off. They had a little room for people and all my relatives were there. And my mom ran down the hallway once to say, I think this is his time. I think this is it. Ran down and my dad was breathing real heavily. <gasps> but then it, it, it elapsed and he was fine. So all was, he wasn't even on any machines because they they knew. Eh? And my dad and my doctor came in and then me and my brother followed the doctor. I was like, it. it is he, can he come out of this and he's like no he's got a couple hours I'm like what my dad has a couple of hours and you know like you don't really know till that hits you my dad has a couple of hours hours and this was in 2012 one, April 20th and it's the 19th today and so Tomorrow will be the nine years that my dad had passed away, and I and I could get into how he passed away and when we were, we all stood there and watched him take his last breath. And I, my auntie Lorraine was there, my mom, my brother, and his wife. But it was a it's a very sad day, as anybody knows that loses a parent. And, so the next so we passed away and my <laughs> my auntie says you should go get a case of beer for us and we'll have a couple of drinks around him when he's which is kind of it's kind of weird but kind of good and we kind of sat around talk she talked about my dad when he was young and you know we talked about my dad when I knew him you know when I knew uh, when I was young and whatever so we had a well, oh, or uh, the bats light around and uh, cheered my dad and then we all left it was it's a weird thing to leave your dad there and leave a person that you've known for 42 fucking years in a hospital bed And, and they basically you know took him out of there and put him in the in the room with the cold room or whatever so the next day, we all went down to Bowser. my mom, my, my, me and my brother, and we went to, watch, to see the body before they cremated him. And then we, we did all the work to do, or all the talking to the, to the guy. And what, you know... Yeah, so we, we had to go and make sure that, identify that it was our dad and my, my mom's husband. Officially, I had to just go in there and say, oh, yeah, that's him. Just so they didn't burn somebody else. And no one, you know, it's, you know. So my dad was lying there. Not my dad anymore. He's just a body. I I don't know what to say about that. Still my dad. And he looked like he was just sleeping. You know, there was a bit of blackness in the back of his head. He just looked so peaceful and... My mom's like, we should all go to Vicky's for french fries and then go home. So my mom kind of did her little, she kissed her hand, I think, and, and then touched my dad's cheeks. And My brother walked out behind her, and I was the last one to stand in there. And I was just looking at him, and I'm like, Dad, let's go to Vicky's. Come on, come with us, because he just looked like he was sleeping. It's like, wake up, Dad, come on and that was the last time I saw him before he was just a pile of ashes because he burnt them like 10 minutes later while we were getting french fries and for once it was like a quiet ride home my mom cried and I wasn't doing that well so a couple days later we had the funeral and I was walking down the aisle in the church with this and I just started bawling because I hadn't really cried yet And I'm just like bawling like a little kid. I guess my daughter saw me and they both started crying when they saw me cry. Yeah, that's the story of my dad from 1947 to 2012. Too young, 65, saw one unemployment check. (laughs) Or not unemployment check, one old age pension check all the work he did you know and it's that but again my mom got that money so it's good someone got the money so yeah that's the podcast today uh, i know a little sad you know towards the end but no my dad left to lead a good life he had a great time he even told me that that you know a few months before that i think in march that if he ever passed away i you don't know, he he lived his life what are you gonna do yeah what are you gonna do shit happens All right. Anyway, uh, I didn't really have a sponsor today. I never really thought about it. Uh, Let's say it was sponsored by the uh, McKenzie. um, Shit. McKenzie. I don't know. Can't really think of a a sponsor today. Uh, McKenzie uh, Museum. How about we do the museum? The McKenzie Museum. Go down and check it out. I don't even know if it's open right now because of covid but uh it's quite interesting if you have a second or two because that's literally what it takes a second or two they actually have videos and everything in there and they'll they'll give you a little bag and you leave it's got like i think a mug in it or stickers and stickers whatever but yeah go down there and check that out it's free of charge i think they have donations but you want to donate or don't want to donate i don't give a fuck But thanks for listening to this podcast, Shut Up Windsor, and you have yourself a great day.